Stop! Sure you want the rest of it? Dirty Harry Miller Dirty Harry Welcome back to Dirty Harry Minute, the only podcast in the world to review every minute of the 1971 Warner Brothers classic Dirty Harry. I'm John, one of your three co-hosts, and I'm joined this week with... Trent. And with... Tim. Welcome back, guys. I missed you last week. I heard you did it without us. Did it without you. Are you offended? Yeah, I feel like I've been cheated on. Your new friends. I thought it was only fitting I had Blake and Redmond, who were in the remake we did of Dirty (laughs) Harry. (laughs) But I'm um, glad you guys are back, Blake and Redmond. You were great, but everything went upside down last week. I was starting to think that Eastwood's best movie was Space Cowboys and that Bloodwork should have been nominated for that Academy Award, Not Unforgiven. So. Well, it should have, shouldn't it? Yeah. I'm, sure, I'm assuming it has. I haven't looked it up. It was nominated, wasn't it, Trent? Oh, of course, absolutely. James Garner for Best Supporting Actor, I'm sure. <laughs> um, well, what excuses did you have? I, what were you doing? You were stalking Scott Eastwood, Tim? Yeah. Let's have it. Trying to. He was in Queensland. Let's have it. What? what? Your report. What have you been doing for the last... Uh, <laughs> uh, and Trent, you are at the Titanic I was at the restaurant. Titanic Theatre Restaurant in Williamstown for those who aren't from Melbourne, which is uh, a three-course meal. Mm-hmm. I think it's $90 a head or something like that. And it's a recre- comical recreation of the Titanic disaster. Not the movie itself. <laughs> How does it end? <laughs> it ends, um, the ship crashes into an iceberg, and which is replicated through sound. And the lights all go down. Then there's this voiceover that says, 300 people perished on the Titanic. Luckily, you're all uh, middle-class citizens. And you, onto, and you go, onto the, allegedly through sound, you go onto this other ship. And then they bring up this backdrop of New York. Outside the window, which looks <laughs> awesome, actually. And then they start singing New York, New York. That's how it ends. <laughs> they should crank the AC at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Turn the sprinklers on. <laughs> but yeah, everyone from each table gets pulled up um, if there's a birthday person and they yeah, get thrown in a life jacket and shit Ooh. like that. So is it like a normal dinner theatre? Yeah. And there's a story of some sort. Yeah, that you're on the Titanic and... <laughs> Do they have songs? Like yeah, yeah, song and dance. Yeah, right. Okay. Though I don't, yeah, not quite like hunchbacks. Um, yeah, I don't see any alleged offenders who might go to prison <laughs> on the stage there. And can you see this translating into a Dirty Harry stage show? <laughs> mm. Dinner theatre? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe at Harry's Bar in Warner Brothers Movie yeah. World. Serving hot dogs. Ah, yeah. oh, shit. We've spoken what? about the bar before. He's oh. saying it's pretty lacklustre. You've been there, Tim? Or? Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. I haven't been for years. What sort of things would you like to see in the bar? Would you really go uh, a hot dog and the cure chrome and maybe his coat hanging on the wall? Would there be pictures respect for Anne Mary Deacon, like in memory <laughs> of? I suppose so. The newspaper with Scorpio's request, oh, yeah, of, yeah. you know, just little nods to the film. An Albert Popwell booth where you can sit <laughs> in memoriam. Uh, we are joined on this episode by re- returning guest Ben. G'day. Thanks for coming. My pleasure. True to your word, we thought these minutes of the suicide talk down scene might be a bit boring. The so. most exciting mo- minutes of the movie. 
And we're joined by first-time guest, David. Danger, how are you going? Hi, not bad. Did you enjoy your allocated minutes? Uh, yeah, some of them are interesting. Uh, this one uh, looks very different, but is pretty boring. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I thought, wow, that looks like it's uh, directed by someone else. And then you told me it was, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Yes, apparently the the studio had allowed six shooting days for this, and Clint said, I can do it in one. And so either Seagull was sick or that was the excuse, and he, he let uh, let Clint have a go at directing it. Really? This whole scene? Yeah. They shot it in one day? Yeah. Well, one, one night. night. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, when I watched it, I thought, wow, it suddenly looks like it's turned into a documentary or something. I mean, obviously it's not, but that's the way it's shot, and so it was kind of surprising. I reckon it's the only sign of a like, handheld camera in the whole film. Yeah, you could be right. Th- then that's probably what made it so speedy. Yeah. You know, most of the, um, what do you call it, track work and whatever is done on a crane when he's up on the scaffolding. Is this the only scene that's shot by him in the movie? Do you know? Yeah, I think so. Had he... Was this before or after Play Misty for me? This was filmed after and came out after, yeah. I think Play Misty with me... We read that, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, it came out the same the month before, but right, okay. it was filmed yeah, earlier. That's right. But Breezy was before that, wasn't it? No, it was 73. That was after this. Oh, Apparently, he directed a featurette for The Beguiled. But I, haven't, I don't think that's online yet. Some doco in-house trailer that was made. But um, it was quite funny. I thought that the fireman, Ben, apologised for calling Harry and Chico out, saying we thought it was the sniper, but it wasn't. So if Scorpio hadn't have put the town on alert, it's very possible this guy would have plummeted <laughs> to his death. So thanks, Scorpio. Never made that plot connection before. No, that's what you have to do when you watch these slow minutes over. <laughs> the justification for this thing. <laughs> a silver lining there, Scorpio. Thanks. I think this is that scene where it should have been the, uh, the bank robbery um, that you could have comp- you could have done without this scene and just had Chico uh, watch him dis- uh, yeah. defuse the, the bank robbery situation. Mm. But, but, yeah, nobody asked me. <laughs> I, they, they didn't consult me to direct this scene when, like, <laughs> did you notice the fireman like a lot of these secondary actors seems to have sort of an east coast accent I mean, no. A, no a little bit and he seemed to know Harry as well I wonder how many times Harry's bumped into him he calls him inspector yeah right do you reckon Harry's well known amongst the whole it could be whole municipal authorities David uh, well yeah from this scene it seems like he is so yeah it's I don't know if every fireman in San Francisco would actually know Harry, but, uh, you know, I guess it makes for a different kind of story. One where everybody secretly loves him. (laughs) Everyone in this room loves him, right? (laughs) Why did Harry say yes? He could have just easily knocked off. I said, no, this isn't my problem. Yeah. Well, let Chico do it. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Because the bank robbery ruined his hot dog. Yeah, yeah. And then this suicide scene could have ruined his chance with Hot Mary. <laughs> he had to rush <laughs> off. But he takes oh, every dirty right, yeah. job. Sorry? Every dirty job, yeah. Yeah. But like you were sort of talking about uh, in previous minutes, Ben, this sort of scene just is a repeat of his character exposition that we see maybe in other scenes just as well. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems odd, especially with the, you know, I, I suppose it's, tension of mm, the yeah. cherry picker yes. going up um but it's not exactly a highly tense scene um 
But something I think it is interesting at the end of this scene or like halfway through the scene is that his face is half in uh, the spotlight and half in darkness, which mm. is kind of symbolic of maybe his nature. His duality. <laughs> I, I might be alone here, but I actually really like this scene. What? Yeah. Get, get out. <laughs> I, I kind of like the, the, the realism of it, the way it's shot. Yeah, I mean, we've got it playing in the background now. And just, just the hand... I hate handheld camera in modern films, but I like it in this, how it sort of breaks it up a bit and you feel like you're really there. Yeah. Or, or watching something real. I mean, all those extras look like they're just hanging around watching a film being shot. Uh, some pretty epic lens flare there too. Yeah. yeah. Blake mentioned the, about the lens flare. JJ approved. Do you think Stratton would even like the handheld? I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's... For David Stratton, John's referring to Australian <laughs> film critic. I think one of the extras looks a bit like Dustin Hoffman, like a marathon man. Is that a bandana or a <laughs> headband? Yeah. yeah. Is that someone taking a photo, Tim? Yeah, he's, just like a, it. he's got two cameras. A reporter, probably. Reporter. Well, for me, this this I, I know what you're saying about maybe compressing this in the bank robbery, but I think the bank robbery scene is more about showing him as a badass sort of cop mm. who you know willing to sort of bend the rules a bit. This one's maybe more about, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's more like the observers like Chico seeing Dirty Harry doing dirty work. Yeah. Which yeah. is what he comments on, I guess. I, I mean, you know, because he says that this is the uh, every, this is why they call him Dirty Harry. I don't know. It just doesn't yeah. seem like. <laughs> the dirtiest. Yeah, person. yeah. But like if he didn't do it, then it would have to be one of the firemen or something like that, talking the guy down. So it hardly seems like the worst assignment, you know. We've got a nice quote here um, by a reviewer. It says, This scene, the talk-down scene, shows a policeman's lot is full of many hours, grubbiness, danger, and boredom that never amounts to anything, and then explosion. You're called on to yeah. do a horrible task. Well, that's it. Like, he could just be on his way somewhere else, and any second you're called in to do something else. It's unexpected. And- yeah. They could have done it back the other way, sort of... He has this scene at the beginning instead of the um, bank uh, the bank robbery, and he's got his hot dog, and he's talking the guy down from like you know, and he's like, "Oh, you made me drop my hot dog." <laughs> you want some of this? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it seems like it would be a dirtier job to like you know uh, go and try and shoot a bunch of bank robbers. Yeah, um, I'm on a diet. <laughs> Very slow cherry picker scene ascending. Danger, do you reckon? Uh, yeah, it is slow. Uh, yeah. Have, has anyone been up in a cherry picker before? Yeah. Oh. Uh, did yeah, it, did it go well? Not exactly one like that. But not that high, but... Um, it's slow. It is slow. I don't know. I just really like the... Susp- uh, you know, for someone who bitches and moans about the latest series of Twin Peaks, um, <laughs> you know, David Lynch doing Antonioni bullshit throughout 17 episodes and getting nowhere. Sorry, spoiler. And um, I really like this. But that's me. Do you think the um, uh, you would have liked the movie better if Clint Eastwood had directed the whole thing? Like if that was his say I don't know. first movie? Probably not. I think the novelty of this, the difference of it, uh, is okay. why I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, it sort of breaks it up. Do you know if he directed any uh, scenes in uh, any further, uh, any any of the sequels? He directed Sudden Impact, I think. Yeah, is that right? Uh, Impact, is yeah. that the one with Jim Carrey? No, that's, nah, the that's last one. Deadpool. Yeah. yeah. Did he direct that? No, as well? that was Buddy Van Horn or one of his Neo fights. Did you notice, Tim, how there's two Safeways in the back? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't, I didn't see two. I saw one. Yeah, so I mean, uh, later on when um, 
the running around the city town, she goes, there's a safe way behind ah, us. right. Another Australian reference there. Yeah. yeah. I think you were saying, Tim, they, uh, Trent, they bought the license from the Australian, the American yeah, company. Yeah, they're actually different companies. Different or they company, were yeah. different companies, but yeah. That was some hungover Wikipedia rabbit hole I fell down one day. <laughs> it's obviously a bit um, grasping at straws here, but another reviewer has talked about it's it's Harry is ascending to heaven, you know, paying for our sins. Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. And he's really dirty because, you know, like Jesus, he's stained on our behalf. He's our martyr. Where are these reviews from? <laughs> did he make that up? Yeah, did you write that, John? <laughs> no, I cherry-picked it from the internet. Another quote um, we've been talking about, David, about the Life magazine article in 1971. It was actually um, the interview was done with Clint the night they were filming this purportedly. Mm-hmm. And it said, commenting on Eastwood's style, his first directing apart from um, uh, Play Misty for me, it says, Eastwood's style is to shoot first and act afterwards. He etches his characters virtually without words. He has developed the art of underplaying to the point that anyone around him who so much as even flinches looks hemily histrionic. Mm. Is Clint Eastwood sleeping his way through this performance, Tim? Well, he had to get on the cherry picker. That's something. I think one of the best um, parts of this minute, David, is just the way Chico's looking up at him. Is it in awe? What's he sort of looking up? Yeah, I think that he's kind of in awe because he's just taking a job that doesn't really belong to him. And so he's kind of seeing what the life of a policeman is really like, or at least a policeman who's so dedicated to helping the public. And it is such a contrast to the earlier scene at the bank robbery where he's blowing that guy or, (laughs) you know, pretending like he's about to blow that guy away. Uh, Here, even though he's teasing the... uh, person who's thinking about committing suicide you also kind of think well yeah but he actually is trying to help him so yeah it shows a a more human side a more compassionate side to his character to me there's a bit more look of worry on his face Mm. well the the scene before this was him like peeking in the window maybe he thought he was just getting in the cherry picker to like peek in the top (laughs) (laughs) screw the guy on the top of the the roof (laughs) some titties up here (laughs) Did you notice how the fireman looks at Chico just for a few seconds there, Trent? What do you reckon he's Longingly. (laughs) 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 Who's idolising who? (laughs) I don't know, mate. Did he go to say something to him? Possibly. Possibly. Again, sorry to go back, but just the shooting style. When you think about Hollywood films at that time, there wouldn't have been that many that had handheld camera use on location as well. So it's kind of unique in its time. I could be completely full of crap there, but I can't think of anything. No, outside, I suppose, documentary. Documentary so big as well. You know? Yeah. Like, break your back. They didn't have those um, uh, gimbal things to... Like, yeah, exactly. Just the lighting is so natural. Yeah. I think that it's really unusual. It's kind of unnerving in, a, in, in comparison to the rest of it. I think that's why I like it. It's sort of startling. I notice in the background there's still sirens blaring. They can probably, probably mm. turn them off now, can't they? Unless it's another... Emergency over the other side of town. I had a personal emergency in 2010 when I was here doing my obligatory Dirty Harry location scouts and I lost your camera, Tim. I'm sorry. (laughs) What a mistake. I was right next to the embassy and um, I'm pretty sure it fell through my bag. And yeah, just I went back there a few minutes later, retraced my steps. Nothing. It was gone. 
for the listeners, John borrowed my camera to take it on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> and so I lost most of my Dirty Harry photos except um, Mount Davidson Park. So, yeah, sorry about that, Tim. So long ago. Just shaking my head. What else have you lost of anyone here on the table? You've lost Ben's battery for, yes. his, ca- for his camera. Yep. Battery. Whatever happened to that camera anyway? <laughs> I gave that back to you. Yeah, we filmed Dirty Larry on that. Didn't Where you still have it? Oh. No, I think I gave it back. Have another look. I think it broke because he came to my house with some tape a few years after that and copied it or something like that. Oh, right. Yeah, I don't know. It must be in the uh, attic somewhere. Well, that's pretty much all I've got on this minute, David. Anything that strikes you? Uh, No, nothing really. I mean, not a lot happens in this scene. So, yeah, I think it's all about the cinematography in this scene. Mm-hmm. I um I know we've talked we've talked a bit before about the French Connection, Tim, which you like. Yes, was it good? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always good. It's just a weird coincidence. I know they're very different movies, but are there any similarities between the two, Tim? Uh, they're both sort of rugged cops. Rugged cops following their hunches. Yeah, and showing you what real police work is like. Are there sort of scenes like this in the French Connection, or is it all about? The bust. Like, are there, does he have, like, character yeah, building like scenes? Surveillance. There's a bit of, quite a lot of surveillance. And um, I don't think you see much of his home life. The Gene Hackman oh, character. Yeah, I suppose like, when he's, like, beating up one of the witnesses early on. Um, you know, that could be considered, mm. this is how he deals with people. Yeah. Um, some, pe- some people have said the, the Poughkeepsie line. Does he repeat that twice? Oh, yeah. picking your teeth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> picking your feet in Poughkeepsie. Is that just to get the perp off balance? Like, why is he asking me that? Yeah, yeah like I think in, so. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And yeah. maybe that's sort of the same with six shots or only five. It's just to disorientate or engage the, the criminal in front of him. Like, is it just a character tick they both have? That shtick of, uh, you know, the picking your feet in Poughkeepsie is probably a more realistic tactic than, mm. you know, how many times do you have your gun out and have actually fired it and then, like, get to say that to somebody as opposed to, like, yeah. you know, roughing up a suspect and then confusing the hell out of them with this little thing. <laughs> is there a lot of handheld camera work in The French Connection as well? There is some, I think. But there's no boring scenes like this. Sorry, Tim. Trend on uh, <laughs> there's no... I don't know. Like, some of the stuff early on where it's the, the, um, the guys setting up in France or Calais or somewhere yeah, that, in when France. they're organising the deal. I mean, it starts off pretty slow. Yeah. Um, there's slow bits and then there's action bits yeah. throughout. Also, New York seems so much dingier than <laughs> yeah. San Francisco in the time. You know? North like, Beach it, can't compete. Yeah, it's like there's no sunshine. <laughs> all the buildings are dilapidated, you know. Mm. Well, that's pretty much all I've got for this minute. Anyone want to add anything else? Yeah, let's get to the next minute. We'll call it to a close on Dirty, Dirty Harry, Harry Minutes. minutes.